is Jimmy Scroggins, and I'm the lead pastor of Family Church in South Florida. Welcome to the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. On our podcast, we're committed to giving you scalable ideas that you can use with the resources you have right now at your church. So welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Thanks for joining us today as we continue a series of conversations that we're calling Multi-Site Church for the Rest of Us. Before we get into today's conversation, I want to remind our listeners that we would love to meet you and interact with you in person this February the 10th at our Church for the Rest of Us conference. This year's conference is sponsored in part by the North American Mission Board, reaching North America and the nations with the hope of the gospel. And another great sponsor is the Florida Baptist Convention, whose sole purpose is to come right beside Florida Baptist churches and pastors. Multi-site church has been around for a long time, but there's a lot to learn. And there are lots of people who are seeing more opportunities to plant churches in all kinds of innovative ways. And we're calling this episode Multi-Site Mulligans because we've had experiences where our plans at Family Church did not succeed at first. Leslie Bennett, my co-host, as always, welcome. Glad that we could get to do this podcast. But Leslie, we have some great guests today. Why don't you introduce them? We do. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'll just say their names. So we have Jarrett Stevens, who's the lead pastor of Champion Forest Baptist Church in Houston, Texas. And we have Robert Harry, who's one of our key bivocational leaders here at Family Church, but also a businessman here in our community. So Jarrett, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners, tell them a little bit more about yourself and also your job there at Champion Forest. I'd love to, Leslie and Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Love you, buddy. And uh, just so appreciate your friendship through the years. And I love this podcast. It's one of my regulars that I listen to and go to. And uh, so it's really great to be with you. And Rob, great to meet you as well. Uh, I'm serving at uh, Champion Forest here in Northwest Houston. I've been here at the time that we're recording this podcast, Jimmy. I just celebrated one year. Wow, man. Wow. That's hard to believe, isn't it? A year. Yeah, it's unbelievable. You know, I had to get a 70% vote to get voted in. And I told the church I hadn't needed a 70% this bad since my college final. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, so, and so they voted What was me your in. major, Jarrett? Well, I went to undergrad at Washita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. Some refer to it as Harvard of the South. Ah, <laughs> nice line. But, uh, I was a biblical studies major, and I double majored, actually, uh, biblical studies and psychology. So right. I've known I wanted to preach since I was 17. I knew I wanted to pastor a local church. I spent one summer in my home church in Bossier City, Louisiana, in the youth ministry. And that's when I knew I didn't want to do youth ministry. <laughs> and so all I've ever wanted to do is senior pastor. And of course, I uh, was with uh, Dr. Jack Graham in Prestonwood for 20 years and just loved my time there. That church raised me up and uh, it was the toughest decision I, I ever made, moving my family away from Dallas and Prestonwood. But God has been in it. And uh, this has just been such a wonderful move for me and my family, and he has proved himself faithful a hundred times over. And so we're having the time of our lives here in Houston, and uh, the church is going great and uh, loving every minute of it. Yeah, no doubt. How about you, Rob? Tell us a little bit about your story and where you're coming from in this conversation. Absolutely. My name is Robert Harry. I currently get to serve in the college ministry called Kairos and the recreational ministry as well. It's an honor to be here. I love this this church. I love this podcast. Going all the way back to the very first episode where I got the shout out. Yeah, uh, that's right. And total honor. And I never thought I'd be here, but I'm so, so grateful to be here. My story is a little different coming from Pennsylvania. My background's different. I never thought that I would be anywhere near a ministry leader, anywhere close to being involved in a church like this. 
and I'm truly blessed to where God has taken my life. I've been married to my wife, Lauren, for three years now. We met here at Family Church, got married here at Family Church, and we just love this church. We're we're heavily involved in any area that we can help serve in, and it's one of the main reasons why I stayed here in, in Florida. I always tell my wife that she's the main reason, but <laughs> it was a big deciding factor. Good idea. Yep, yeah. Yep. It was a huge deciding factor to stay here and not go back to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, she's pretty great. Now, tell us what kind of business you're in. How do you make your living? Shout out to my employer for allowing me to be here at this at this moment, Badcock Furniture. My employer actually is my father-in-law. It's the furniture business. I'm currently an internal auditor there and been there for two years now. Yeah. And so... Rob, and you've been connected with Family Church, but you also have a, a recovery background. That's right. I originally moved here from Pennsylvania for recovery purposes. I was deep in a dark hole of just lostness and brokenness and fully addicted and a full alcoholic. Uh, I moved down here, went to treatment, got involved with a recovery program, and then got introduced to this church. And those those combination of things really guided my life to a direction that I that anyone who would have met me from back in Pennsylvania that might be listening to this podcast would not have think or thought that I was on this podcast today. They would never imagine who I am today. Yeah, but Jesus has changed your life. He's given you a new sense of direction. He's given you a ministry and you have a huge part of our ministry here at Family Church. And we're really glad. And that's going to connect with some of what we're going to talk about in uh, just a few minutes. So Jared, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I go speak somewhere, people always ask me, hey, tell us a time uh, when you failed. Tell us something that you've done that didn't work. And I have such a huge menu of options at that point. I wonder if you might share something that you've done, you know, when it comes to multi-site or church launching that that didn't work that you'd be able to share. Yeah, well, we're right in the middle of one right now. <laughs> you know, uh, we I came here and... Uh, I've had two great predecessors here at Champion Forest, so I can't complain about a thing. They left the church in great shape, great heart to reach people. And uh, But we are at one church in four locations right now, and we are in the process of spinning off one of our locations that is not achieving, I don't know how else to say it, it's just not achieving what we thought it was going to do. And so we're walking through that right now uh, with one of our locations It's about 35 minutes, 40 minutes north of us uh, here in Northwest Houston. It's in a different county than all of our other campuses, which it's got a different vibe, a different ethos, if you will. And so we're walking through how you determine failure. You know, we can talk about that, but we're walking through going, okay, this is not what we thought it was going to be. It's not gone uh, like we wanted it to. And so what's the next step? And we are in the process right now of spinning it off and making it its own autonomous church because we just believe that it's, you know, at the end of the day, we want churches that are reaching people that are healthy. And currently we are not doing it. And so we yeah. we we need to start over. Yeah. So Jared, as you're kind of walking through, it's kind of a painful theme because uh, you've got so much invested in this and sure put your name on it and money into it and leaders and resources, a sense in which sometimes when you're something's not working out, you feel like you're losing credibility either personally or organizationally or both. I wonder if there's something you would share with our listeners that you're learning as you're walking through this experience. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's true. You know, you, your, your people give, you cast the vision for this to, 
to, to, to take place and you're blowing it up. This is going to be awesome. And uh, then when it doesn't work out like that, you kind of feel like you're eating crow a little bit. And I tell you what I'm learning most is, is it relates to the to the multi-site stuff. And I'm kind of new to this. You know, at Prestonwood, we had three locations at one time. That was the most locations we ever had. And then we went back to two there. And then coming here with four, one is a traditional multi-site where we sent out 300 people. And so we share the DNA. The other two are mergers. And so you know how that is, Jimmy. It's kind of like mixing oil and water sometimes. And the name uh, of the church, this is what I'm learning, I think. The name of the church should help you. Like champion, it's champion Forest Baptist Church should help you. And when they go to our campus that uh, we're about to spin off in, in a town called Conroe, Champion Forest, it, it doesn't help them. Number one, it's so far away. Nobody even knows what Champion Forest is. And then two, those that do know what Champion Forest it walks in and they're like, this ain't Champion Forest. <laughs> and so that's one of the things that I'm, I'm learning that, you know, as we move forward and I'm all about planning uh, churches and planning campuses. I don't think it's either or. I think it's both. And I pray that, you know, we have more campuses in us in the future. But that's what I'm learning. Wherever we do those campuses, if they're going to take the name Champion Forest, that name means something. It needs to help them not be a detriment to them. Yeah, that's so great. And and Rob, you helped us launch something several years ago that we called Family Church Recovery. And I wonder if you just tell a little bit of the story of kind of how that went down, because you were right in the thick of it. Sure. Yeah, I was involved in serving with Family Church Recovery, which was started, which there is a huge need for recovery in this nation. It's a pandemic that needs to be addressed. And in the rooms of these programs that are 12-step programs around here in South Florida, I've come to know that bringing up the name of Jesus Christ is really highly frowned upon. And to create an atmosphere or something somewhere someone can go and have both integrated into a message with the 12-step program and the gospel, it really is a powerful idea. It's a great idea. This family church recovery is it's a it's a good title for the podcast multi-site mulligans because it was quite of a a hit into the woods per se. <laughs> um, had to go looking for that ball pretty hard <laughs> yeah yeah it, it got lost for sure so it started off with a really charismatic leader that was really just impactful and had knowledge of both the gospel and the 12-step program and really spoke to people in a way that they really got on fire for both ends of the spectrum in terms of those programs. However, that kind of fell. And whenever the replacement pastor came about, it was just not as on fire. And the fall of the leader took everybody else out of the picture. I think it was more centered on the person that was bringing the crowd in rather than the gospel that was bringing the crowd in and the knowledge that 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 person possessed. But the leadership really dwindled and became centered around one person instead of the group. I think that caused that failure in some ways. Yeah, I I think that's true. Leslie, you know, we've talked about this before because I just really feel like one of the things we've learned, Jared, about multi-site is you've got to have the right leadership with the right kind of heart. And 
you know, what we discovered, because we did family church recovery, we have hundreds and hundreds of people in our church that are in recovery, and we're glad that they're here. But uh, we try to do a church basically by recovering addicts for recovering addicts. And the leader that we first put in place was in recovery himself, but had been pretty successful at it. And he was a dynamic preacher and was on fire for God. But we kind of found out that sometimes the person with the charisma to convene the crowd isn't the person with the spiritual stability and personal stability to shepherd the crowd over a long period of time. Yeah. I mean, we talk about identifying a person who has a passion for a people or a place, right? And so we definitely found the passion, but then you definitely have to find the right kind of person as well. So Robert, what would you feel like are some lessons that we've learned from that as family church? Uh, Like you said, the leadership is definitely a big deal, but I would go as far as to say the collaboration of the leaders and who the leader surrounds himself with. And in hindsight, looking at the accountability that could have happened may have, you know, instrumented some kind of change in that person and and that culture that was there with that collaboration of leaders. Yeah, no doubt. But that's one of the big things that I always say is that when when we talk about what we try, one of the things I do like about what has happened and what you're describing, Jared, is if an organization has freedom to fail. In other words, you're you're gonna have to recognize if you're gonna try some things and be innovative, you cannot bat a thousand. I mean, you've got to be willing to try some things that are not going to work in order to get to the best things. And I think all of us have kind of learned from that. I wonder, Jared, if you would say, has anything good come from that experience with the campus that you're describing that's going to be going to be uh, spun off? Yeah, what, what's good, you know, we have a campus pastor out there who is uh, a young kid. To me, he's a church planner at heart. And so he's out there trying to do a campus for us. And as you know, I don't like using these terms, but, you know, mothership is making some decisions, if you will, that at the end of the day, the campuses, they can only go so far. So we want them to dream. We want them to do. But because of the nature and the DNA of what Champion Forest is, there's some things that we say from an organizational standpoint, okay, you can't do that. Well, when you've got a leader in your campus that that can create apathy in a leader. And so what happens is, as it did in this case, we've got a leader there that has a heart for the community. He's moved his family to the community. He knows the community better than we do. And here we are putting restrictions on him, if you will, that we don't need to to put on him. And as a result, I think it was creating apathy in his heart, frustration, and part of the failure could have been what we're expecting of him. And so one of the great things that we've seen, Jimmy, in making this and going toward this autonomous direction is that safety net. And and a lot of the reasons the restrictions were on was because, you know, we were, we were trying to find out what's in this lead. We didn't know what's in the leader. (laughs) Right. And so when we cut the safety net and we said, okay, we're going autonomous, man, this leader, this campus pastor, he is really, I mean, I was like, why weren't you doing that as a campus pastor? Right. Mm. Uh, but it was because it wasn't his passion. He was trying to run our plays and that wasn't what it was about. So as we're getting ready to go autonomous and, and he's beginning to formulate the mission and the vision, we've seen a leader just, I mean, just come up and rise up. And I'm so grateful to see the way that he's taken ownership in this. And so that's been one of the pleasant surprises is a guy that we thought, man, I don't know if he's going to make it as a uh, as a as a campus pastor. Will he make it as a senior pastor of a, a of a you know this church plant? And he's man, he stepped up because that safety net's gone. He gets to define what the perimeters are. It's become his vision. It's been really cool to see. 
Yeah, that is so awesome. And Rob, I wonder too from you, we talked a little bit about what we should do different if we did something like that. We talked about selecting, be more selective uh, with the leader, perhaps creating a tighter and higher accountability structures around a leader. I wonder if there's anything that you feel good about that we did through Family Church Recovery. Yeah, absolutely. Family Church Recovery was a huge impact on my life. It was a huge impact on many others' lives uh, during that time that it was in existence. There is a need for this type of ministry, like I said. If one out of 100 people were saved during any one of those services, it was a success Mm -hmm. to save them from perishing. And that's a personal mental note of mine that whenever I speak in in large crowds, if if I'm just speaking to this one person, I'm praying to the Lord, you know, that one person, you know, gets their light turned on from, from what I said, it's a success. And seeing this ministry success with all of the people coming to faith, being baptized. We had a lot of people saved and baptized, man. It was a lot. Amazing time. It was, it was unbelievable, but I was there, I was on the front seat, seeing it all happen. And it really sparked a fire in me to continue to minister to these people, to my people in Recover and Pursue was a group that I had started. You may notice uh, the wording. The language. I like it. In a successful church plant in Family Church Village, my wife and I started a Bible study called Recover and Pursue, you know, speaking into recovering addicts and alcoholics and what it means to recover and pursue God's design after repenting and believing in the gospel. That was a huge success that spun off from that idea of family church recovery, along with all the other teachings that. Yeah, I think that's so tremendous. And and we, to this day, continue, you know, your group continues to see people come out of like complete darkness and step into the light of Jesus Christ. And you guys have a way of connecting with people because of some of your common experiences that. I would never have that. Leslie would never have, but you guys, and I just, I mean, just baptized some people the other day that are connected because of that group and just, just such a, such a fun, fun thing. Hey, Jared, you, you kind of spoke to this, but like having experienced this thing with this campus and all, you said, yeah, I kind of believe in all of it, but would you do another church merger? Do, would you do another campus start? Or is this kind of pushed you in a different direction? It really has. You know, I think you've got to take every situation that comes across your, you know, as an opportunity to, to pray about, is this something? But man, just to answer it plainly, I mean, I would probably lean out on the merger bit right now, Jimmy, just because of what we've experienced and gone through. You know, the spiritual principle of, you know, Jesus said, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. That spiritual principle of having a solid foundation uh, is so important. And if you are going to do a merger, how you, you got to check that foundation, make sure that foundation is, is solid. What, why are you merging with another church? What's there and making sure that you're doing the good work of understanding the past history of that church, what's coming with it. It seems like so elementary to say that to someone who's considering multi-site, but I think sometimes we get so fired up about, oh, we get to add another campus that we don't do the homework. And then you end up with buyer's remorse, if you will. <laughs> and, 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 and you can't, you can't, once it's yours, it's yours. And I would just, I wouldn't, I don't want to say no, I'd never do it again, but I would, I would make sure that foundation doesn't have any cracks in it. If I was going to, do a merger for sure. Uh, because if you're going to build on top of it, it's got to be solid. No question. That's a good word. What about you, Robert? How do you feel now about a 
family church recovery or a church-based that's centered around recovery? I still feel like it's a possibility with, with God, anything is possible. Partnering with Steve Wright and the idea of Family Church Recovery 2.0 pretty heavily, as, as well as other business with Halfway House, helping addicts uh, recover ha- through a Halfway House. With that community base in mind, with that, I definitely think that it's it's a possibility. Family Church Recovery 2.0 sounds like a good idea. Like I said, there's still a need. And you can see the success through other recovery churches in the area. Mm. And we do have some really good ones. Indeed. Yeah, for sure. That's good. Okay. So, Pastor Jarrett, what's one piece of advice that you would give a pastor or a church planter that's who's considering opportunity to launch either a new campus or plant a new church? I would go back to what Pastor Jimmy said earlier. Who that leader is is so very important, and you just can't underscore how significant that is, that if you are going to uh, launch in a new place, also make sure, you know, it's not only the leader. Another thing I would say is make sure that you're going, you know, the church is there for mission and not convenience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we go, Hey, we're going to do a multi-site because we got a ton of members coming from here and we want to go there and we make it easy on them to get to. And that's certainly a part of it. But I wouldn't cast that as the vision, you know, make sure that mm-hmm. you're on mission and that church understands that we are coming to this neighborhood, not to be more convenient for you, but to be so that we can help you be on mission in your neighborhood. Yeah. So for all of our listeners, I hope that you've learned a lot from Pastor Jarrett today from Champion Forest Baptist Church, also from Robert Harry, one of our team members here at Family Church in West Palm Beach. And one of the things I want everyone to hear is that you you might listen to our podcast or see somebody like Jared or hear somebody's story like Roberts. And you might say, wow, those, everything those guys touches turns to gold and everything that they do really works out well. And the reason for that is we only talk about our successes. I mean, you know, everything looks better in the book or at the conference than it does. If you go see the real thing, the sausage factory is always a little bit messy. And so that's the way every church is. And so I just want to encourage you that at family church, we've had some great successes that the Lord's allowed us to, to be a part of in his name, but we've also had some foul ups and we've had some just really debacles that were always our fault because we didn't see something coming or we made some poor leadership decisions or sometimes I can't even tell you why one thing succeeds and another fails. You know, Jesus said, sometimes the spirit blows here and you feel the wind blowing, but you, you don't know, you don't know where it came from. And there's a sense in which sometimes the, the wind of the spirit just, just uh, fills the sails of something. But what we can be accountable for is, Choosing the right kind of leaders, which would be the one takeaway that I think all of us would share, and then staying on the mission. And Robert, I love what you said, is that the reason you think Family Church Recovery 2.0 could work is the mission field. And it's not because, oh, well, this we had this problem, we had that problem. There's the mission field. And the reason, Pastor Jarrett, that you said, here's why we would launch another campus, because of the mission and the mission field, because this is what Jesus is sending us on. So everybody, thanks so much for listening today. I hope if you're listening that you would be willing to leave a rating or make a comment that would uh, help other people find out about our podcast, and we'd be grateful for that. Again, we'd love to meet you in person on February the 10th at our Church for the Rest of Us conference. It might be cold where you live in February, but it'll be warm here, and you can come hang out with us under the palm trees in West Palm Beach register today at churchfortherestofus.com. I'm Jimmy Scroggins signing off. Leslie Bennett, Rob Harry, Jared Stevens, Church for the Rest of Us.
Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog or follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins. We want to connect with you and learn from you because we're in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us.